Hey, Wake Up Call listeners. This is Justin Morgan. On behalf of Dan Foote and I, we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in each week and thanks for all the feedback that you've given us this past year. It means a lot to us. One of the big things that drives this podcast is all about stories. People can argue with a lot of things, but they can't argue with your story. This past month at Flatirons, we've been wrapping up a series called Broken Halos. And it's all about stories about how God chooses real people that we would have never chosen to do things that we never thought possible in ways we had never considered. He uses real people. It's Christmas. And we celebrate that Jesus came to bring us hope, freedom, forgiveness, and to walk with us through stuff that we should never, ever have to walk through alone. And it all started when God used two real people, including a real father. Today is a Christmas moment, the Father's journey. The road under the young man's feet was well-worn, beaten down from all the countless travelers' feet and hoofs. Joseph squinted at the setting sun. It brought a coolness to the air as he stared off into the distance, lost in thought. His face was written in concern and doubt. The rope in his hand jerked. It was tethered to the donkey behind him and nudged him from his trance. He tugged back firmly with authority, and the beast continued forward. Joseph glanced. He gave a quick smile to his young wife, and they continued on their journey. Joseph was on this journey because he had to be. He had no other choice. There were other forces at play here, forcing his life in a new direction, forcing him to deal with the unimaginable, forcing him down this road. Otherwise, it would have been crazy for this struggling Jewish carpenter to pack up his young and very pregnant wife to make this 64-mile trek. And who was the force behind this journey? Caesar, for one. Caesar Augustus, to be exact. The ruler of the known world, who ordered everyone, everyone, to travel to their ancestral homes to be counted for a census. The known world. What was clearly known about the known world at this time was that it was a cruel, harsh place. Joseph knew this, as well as everyone else in his hometown of Nazareth. 
He knew that his region's governor, Quinarius, another puppet in a world filled with Roman puppet regimes, Quinarius was going to do whatever it took to stay on Caesar's good side and see this census through. Which is why Joseph and Mary were on this rocky road, headed to the ancestral home of his people, part of the line of David. And Joseph knew that if he disobeyed, he'd only end up nailed to a Roman cross, like the ones that lined the roads from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Joseph's ancestral family town, the birthplace of David, of David and Goliath fame, the greatest of all the kings of Israel. Bethlehem, a little farming community in Judea, a town noted for their sheep, the best sheep, the sheep born and bred solely for the altars of Jerusalem. Bethlehem, most importantly, the prophesied birthplace of the coming Messiah. The Messiah, the Savior, the hope of Joseph's people. Joseph glanced back again at Mary. She was so young, still a little girl really, maneuvering the ruts and dips in the road on top of that donkey. Mary caught Joseph's glance and he quickly returned his gaze to the horizon. He couldn't look at Mary for too long. It was too hard for him to watch. Not only to watch her grimacing in pain, straining to find comfort on her ride, but looking at her brought up too many questions, too many doubts. It was safer to stare out at the distance waiting for Bethlehem to come into view. Ever since he was a boy, standing at a distance, listening to the elders in the synagogue, talk of Bethlehem always led to talk of the Messiah, the coming Messiah. But now, this was no longer idle talk or a hopeful ideal. It was becoming reality. That's what the angel told him in a dream. That dream. That dream that changed everything. That dream. That, a dream that stopped him from quietly and secretly calling off his engagement to Mary. That dream that now had the two of them on this road together. It was like no other dream that Joseph had ever had before. It was more real than life itself, more tangible than the pebbles under his feet, or the fear that now clutched his throat. Mary had her own dream, her own angel, her own directives, but it was Joseph's dream that made it all real for him, that made it believable. At first, he scoffed at Mary in her dream. At first, he was angry and bitter and hurt. 
At first, he thought it was ridiculous. A lie. A lie made up by a frightened girl. A lie to cover up her sin and her infidelity. This is what Joseph thought at first. Until that dream, where this heavenly messenger who said he was the angel of the Lord, when the angel looked at him deeply in the eyes, as if looking into the darkest places of Joseph's heart, and said, Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Name him Jesus? Really, Joseph thought? And immediately he knew the angel could tell what he was thinking. Joseph's mind raced. Jesus was such a common name. Joseph thought how you could throw a stone down the street in Nazareth and hit three boys named Jesus. And if this boy, if this baby that Mary was carrying was really God's son, the future Messiah, shouldn't his name be something bold and unique, an indicator of that calling? Joseph swallowed hard at the truth, the truth that the angel from God had merely told him something that he'd known since before he could remember. Something he'd always heard read in the synagogue at Nazareth and at the temple in Jerusalem. The prophecy from the great Hebrew prophet Isaiah. The prophecy telling the Hebrew nation that the Messiah would be delivered by a virgin. The prophecy that read, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. It was all so hard to believe, but now even harder for Joseph to deny. He knew it was true that this girl, this girl that he'd known since he was a boy, this girl that he'd been promised to, promised to be married to, a promise, a contract agreed upon and signed by his parents before either of them even knew what marriage was. He knew it was true that this very pregnant girl was now carrying the hope of the world. It was dusk now, and the sun was just a thin red ribbon etched across the mountains before him. Joseph's mind and thoughts wouldn't stop. He wondered silently, what did all this mean to him and to Mary and to his people? What would it look like for this baby to save the people from their sins? Joseph had no idea. He was going to have to trust. He was going to have to trust Mary and trust the angel and trust an unseen God who is about to invade the world and become one of them. 
become human. And Joseph knew he was going to have to trust the journey. A journey that began with a dream. A journey of faith. Joseph could see the flickering of the lamplight at a distance. Bethlehem was near. They were almost there. A cry of pain echoed through the valley, breaking the silence. Mary was doubled over on the donkey. Joseph's heart was racing. He had seen and heard the women in his life, his mother, his sister, and his aunts. He heard them. He knew what childbirth looked and sounded like. And he knew that it was time. The baby was coming. Joseph ran back to Mary and lifted her down from the beast. She crumpled in a pile on the dirt road and Joseph stumbled with what to say and do. It was happening. It was here. It was now. And all he could think about was the future. What the future held for them. The questions. The finger pointing. The shame. Shame for something they'd never done. Joseph knew at his very core that life from this moment on was forever going to be different. Mary cried out in pain again and grabbed Joseph's hand for support. She squeezed it tighter with the contraction. What should we do, Joseph asked, to himself as much as he did to Mary? The contraction eased and Mary lifted herself from the ground and leaned into Joseph's chest. I think I can make it to town, she whispered. Let's hurry. Joseph held Mary tight to him, almost carrying her down the road. It was the most physical contact that he'd had with her. His heart quickened at the smell of her hair and her arms wrapped around his. It was real now, this collision of their dreams and reality. Joseph was to be a father, the father of a boy, a boy that he would take to the temple and name Jesus. A boy born to bring hope and salvation. Joseph murmured a silent prayer and wondered to himself if he was going to be up to the task.